Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of A Fleeting Frustration. We're really starting to hit a stride with the podcast and just a little over a month and a half after its release, I'm happy to report the podcast has reached over 470 downloads. So if you're someone listening from the beginning, thank you so much for your support and if you're new to the podcast, welcome. I hope the guests on this podcast have provided valuable insight into industries that you've interacted with in the past or continue to interact with on an everyday basis. Today's episode covers a rather misunderstood material, hemp. I'd like to thank today's guest, Beth, a self-described disruptive capitalist for the insight that she provides regarding the recent boom in this space and the challenges herself and others face in trying to grow this sector. So my guest today is going to clarify a lot of uh, misconception, I hope, uh, when it comes to uh, the hemp plant. Um, And just my cursory research of this plant prior to this episode, I had no idea the amount of things that it could be used for. And I'm I'm going to go through a quick list right now. Hemp oil, not CBD oil, hemp oil, hemp protein, hemp seeds, hemp tea, hemp as a building material and insulation, the benefits of hemp in agriculture. You could feed livestock, I think, with some of this stuff, hemp paper, textiles, you name it. And I'm sure she's, she's going to bring up some more. So I'd like to welcome my guest today, Beth, uh, a.k.a. the Hemp Huntress. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much. I'm really, really happy to be here and talk hemp. Anytime I can talk hemp or, or get the word out more, I am I'm happy to share. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us today. So um, as I was saying in my intro before, my whole introduction to hemp prior to um, you know this research I've done prior to the episode is hemp bracelets when I was in like grade school and even then they were like a hush hush and you you know you're like oh maybe you could get them down at a beach town like but you have to be careful you know not to tell people it's hemp like you know (laughs) can you clarify what the difference is between hemp and uh, am I wearing a marijuana plant (laughs) so just like many plants um hemp and it is part of the cannabis you know umbrella so, and that can be confusing for people. Um, but, you know, if you think about um, roses, you know, there's several different, you know, varieties. Uh, and in our industry, it's, it's cultivars. So you start with cannabis and, you know, most people automatically, we think of uh, marijuana pot cannabis. And that is a plant that produces THC. That's the psychoactive uh, effect of that plant. And what they discovered was that there's also other cannabinoids within that plant. So that's where you start getting confusing with, well, this hemp produces CBD, but this cannabis plant produces THC. THC, right. And Yeah. And then the one that we know the most about in history and what you're, you know, you're talking about and what we got excited about when we were first getting to email back and forth is industrial hemp. And industrial hemp is what you uh, 
when you look back into the 1930s and the 1940s and you hear about the war effort and you see those black and white films of farmers harvesting hemp, that's industrial hemp, and it is native to this country. So it's a natural um, resource that we have access to. We don't have to import yes. it if we, you know, we could exactly. blow this up. I, I gotcha. Exactly. Yes. And, and, and there's, you know, indigenous, uh, I think that's the right word, indigenous hemp plants in other countries, but, but America definitely has, there's a, you can't get much more of a traditional history. George Washington talked about, you know, it, it basically, I should have kept the quote handy, but basically he said, you know, it's, it's our duty to grow hemp mm -hmm. and it, it really, the industrial hemp, that's where uh, our rope for the Navy was since the Navy started, it was hemp rope. Most navies around the world still use hemp rope because it's the strongest rope in the world. Um, so through the years, you know, there, there definitely, it was a part of our American tradition and, and products were being made uh, from the industrial hemp. People weren't smoking it. You know, at that time, they didn't know about CBD, which, you know, now is all over the news. Yeah. And, and we'll get to that, everywhere. too. Yeah. yeah, we'll get to that. Uh -huh. But but I, I really think people overlook um, what's really coming. Um, and I, I encourage people to read a book uh, by a guy named Doug Fine. Uh, he's kind of our modern father of hemp, in my opinion. And he's the one that that really pointed out about six years ago. <clears throat> the way he broke it down was he said, in, uh, in our economy, and, and I'm a shameless, disruptive capitalist. Uh, I do believe in capitalism. I just like keeping the system disrupted and, and uh, opening up opportunity. And that's what he talked about was there's gonna be an economic revolution with medical marijuana, cannabis. Let's say for easy numbers in comparison, a million bucks a year. Right. In, you know. Then you go to recreational. Wow, we're jumping up to 10 million there. I mean, that's that's good business. And then he predicted and said, you know, there's going to be this national market that comes about with cannabinoids, CBD. They're already predicting that's, you know, like a 20, what, $20 million market, I think, this year, if not more. He said, now what nobody's paying attention to is in industrial hemp. That's a trillion dollar a year market. Sure. And, and, you know, at first you're like, come on. And you start figuring it out. And it's an agricultural product that the only thing, and you can you pick anything, the only thing you cannot make with industrial hemp is glass. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I think we have that part down pat, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But even like right now, like it, it's so funny, uh, my brain with, with, you know, today in 2020, you know, mid-August here, everybody's putting up plexiglass and my mind goes, oh, more plastic, but I know we need it for safe, but more plastic, that could be hemp. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, what, where my mind goes is all that plexiglass, if we did reverse, you know, engineering, you could take that back. There could be family farmers growing hemp for america's plex you know hemp glass or hemp plastic whatever you want to call it but you know we could all be growing those people are making uh you know an income the supply chain is an income the equipment is an income and all this is american income right like we said right in the beginning 
it's indigenous to the U.S. We don't have yep. to buy it from anyone. Nope. It provides more jobs. And from yep. what I understand, correct me if I'm wrong, again, just cursory research that I've seen, that hemp itself is actually, it's good for the soil that it's actually growing in versus yes. something like, you know, because we have so much land dedicated to just grains and corn mm -hmm. that doesn't even get ingested by us. It's like for feed. Right. 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 So, right. No, there's, um, there's a very common practice in many countries. Um, and I know the Netherlands is huge. It's called, uh, where they, they rotate. So they, they will plant hemp, you know, an industrial hemp in a field. And usually from my research and I'm still learning more, um, that's, it's the roots, they go nice and deep. You can have industrial hemp roots go as deep as like six to 12 feet. It's mm. insane. Wow. Um, and those roots will pull out all the, the toxins that can, you know, just put, it cleans the soil. Oh, I see. So the idea is in farming in, uh, you know, sustainable farming is you can use that type of hemp. You, you've just cleaned out your soil. And hopefully you're near a natural waterbed or a river so that now your natural minerals can come in and nature can kind of take care of itself. So when you plant your crops, now your crops are healthier mm -hmm. and much safer to eat. And it is a way that we can not only regenerate soil, it's also a way we can clean up some of our soil, uh, which, is, which, which is why I really want to encourage an industrial hemp overgrowing CBD hemp because as we move into different states, there is high lead content in that soil. And two years ago, I was, oh, you're going to see CBD products getting pulled for lead. You're going to say, why? Because they're going to be grown in states that have that issue. In Oregon, we don't have that issue. You know, each state has, you know, kind yeah. of their own issues. Yeah. Sure enough, it was about two weeks ago, some, unfortunately, some pet CBD products got pulled um, because there were traces of lead in it. And it, it's hard. It's a new industry. So people are like, yeah, I want to jump in. It's an agricultural product. Yes, CBD is safe, but it's still farming. It, it's still, you know, interacting with every aspect of, you know, the planet. I mean, the air, the sun, and the soil, um, unless you're doing a controlled indoor grow, but it's really meant to be an agricultural product. Being industrial hemp is really meant to be, you know, I mean, when you, you do some YouTube searches over again, like in the Netherlands and areas, I mean, it's thousands of acres of hemp and these huge machines that are, are decording, deflowering, some goes to feed, some goes to apparel, some goes to being crushed up for plastics. I mean, it's, it's really amazing. And we are way behind. Yeah, that, that is definitely what, all the research has shown so far is that the U.S. is it's it's going right over our heads. Yeah. I want to stress one thing, and that's it seems to me, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems that the explosion in hemp has been very recent, and is that tied to what whatever the FDA cleared it for? I think partially. Okay. Um. So I think what, what really happened was, you know, cannabis, it's been rolling that way for, you know, quite some time. Um, and again, that's my perspective. 
you talk to different people in DC and they're like, Oh my goodness. I never, yeah. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's you know, I'm so shocked that they want this legal. Um, so cannabis is rolling that way. I think what happened. And again, I'm just giving you, you know, my perspective. Sure, I've got sure. about six years in the legal industry. What I saw happen was CBD. And when there was this, uh, acknowledgement of a cannabinoid that was a molecule that was not uh, deemed psychoactive, does not get you high, but had benefits for inflammation and other such things from people sharing anecdotally. Um, I think that's where the explosion happened because more and more our generation, I'm a little over 50, but, you know, so for my generation down, we're not afraid of cannabis. Right. We, we might be afraid of getting arrested in certain states. Mm-hmm. I mean, who isn't, right? <laughs> you know, um, and, and we, we might be untrustworthy of, you know, big corporations saying, here, take this, um, you know, but the problem is then you get over 50 and you have some of the coolest boomers that have been around and fighting this battle with us forever, but unfortunately they're not the ones in office. Right. Um, you know, and I'm generalizing a little bit, but I think we all, you know, we all see, it's like, uh, I'm thankful Mitch McConnell made it legal, but there were some nefarious reasons why, but okay, <laughs> we'll take it, you know, right. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, uh, it's interesting, but, and it's a business and, and that's the other thing I, I try and pivot, you know, being a capitalist of going, this is stupid on a business level. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is just, it doesn't even make sense. When you have a homegrown American product that's been being grown since George Washington's time, you're telling me we can't get the most patriotic people that believe in business and exporting <laughs> to, to get on board. And that's where we run into, you know, just decades of propaganda. Um, that they just can't get over. But it, but I think the CBD and I think the generational shift is where you see the explosion. Um, and in that generational shift, also my generation, you will hear plants over pills, plants over pills. Uh, let me try a plant before I try your pill. Uh, we've seen what pills did to our parents and our grandparents, and we don't want it. <laughs> I don't want That's, it. Uh... I, I'll put a CBD topical on my inflamed knee long before I will take any pill and I, you know, and, you know, basic stretches, I don't know, just basic take care of yourself the best you can before I take a pill. So I think those two things really kind of went boom. Wow. So, yeah, you really shed a lot of light on the current industry as it stands today. And thank you for that. How do you see yourself in this industry? Where do you stand and what are you trying to do with this industry yourself? It's It's been an interesting journey because I've had this passion for a long time, but I've been in, I've been an entrepreneur and, you know, different things. And then I uh, was at, you know, Panasonic and did a traditional corporate role. So I've got this kind of really interesting background that, is perfect, but yet is hard to explain in this industry. Um, and I've spent a couple of years really trying to figure out 
how to navigate a world that is one made up of people with experience, but if they have experience, that means they've also been in an illicit market with no compliance or paying taxes experience. Um, that also comes with the struggle of ego. I've been doing this for 20, 30 years. <laughs> sure. Um, I was making X amount of dollars, and now you're telling me legal, I made what? Right. Uh, Uncle Sam has to wet his beak, you know? Right. Yeah. And then you have brand new people coming in, like you have these big corporations. Well, I've been making topicals forever. I'm just going to throw some CBD in there. <laughs> yeah, right. Or, or that throw, doesn't work. Right. Throw like a, like a cursory little amount and just call it yes. CBD, right? And, and call then, it CBD mm -hmm. and throw millions of dollars at marketing. And then all those millions of people that try it go, oh, it doesn't work. It's a fact. Meanwhile, the little the little farmer, she's growing her hemp and making these topicals that are helping people with neuropathy in their feet walk for a couple hours. Um, you, you know, so so it's it's such a wild industry to be in when you're a capitalist. Wow! So you really painted the landscape so well in that in that two minutes that you just said. Thank you, you just painted such a vibrant landscape. So you have big corporations here that might just be in it for the lip service and the marketing. Then you have and the money, right? Then you have the, the 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 people that have been in it for a very long time. But you, you're saying if they've been it for excuse me, if they've been it for a long time. That means they've been doing this stuff illegally for a long time. And exactly. then you have the true mom and pops that are making effective, effective products that just don't have the marketing capital, we'll say, to get exactly. it out there, right? Yeah, yeah. I can't, it, it's weird. I was trying, I'm still trying to put it in like a Venn diagram. Like, so, you know, <laughs> you have the experience and you have the product, but man, you got ego and no money. Yeah. You know, so then they don't want, so if you go in as a consultant, they don't want to listen to you and they don't have any money to pay a consultant. So you can't, you know, so that's, and anybody who does have the money to pay a consultant, I probably don't want to work with because they're big, and that's fine. Big Corp can do what they want. It's just not my gig, you know. I'm, I'm up for competing against them. Um, so where I'm trying to, to come at is I, I took a step back with COVID mm -hmm. um, and ended a, a partnership and really took a step back. I think like everybody did and said, okay, you know, let me listen for a minute. And, and that's where um, I listened to Yang talk about uh, Andrew uh, Yang. She's talking about Andrew Yang. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yang Yang. Um, I listened to Andrew Yang, and at first I was like, UBI, giving people money. What are you talking about? <laughs> and you dig deeper, and you're like, oh, wait a minute. This is it. This is it. The microeconomies, giving everybody an, an opportunity to create. Wait a minute. Those mom and pops, let's give them a hand up so that they can create and compete in their pond. Again, these mom and pops aren't looking to be millionaires. Right. They're looking to put their kids through school, pay their bills, and keep farming. Just it, like I mean, any other business in the U.S. that's a mom and yeah. pop shop, just because it's hemp or CBD related. Right. Right. You know, it gives an unfair taint almost. Would you agree? Yeah. And, and, and even like, you know, we were talking in industrial hemp. You know, there's people. I know somebody in Oregon. And I love it. He, he's got uh, such heart. And in fact, I really should have brought, it, brought his name so I could promote him here. But he created a hempcrete cinder block that is like a Lego. Mm. 
so that you can just make the, and just go build a house. Um, there's ways to house people. There's ways to feed people and there's ways to be a part of that process altogether. And so when I looked at that, I went, okay, how do we make that happen? And I am very blessed and lucky that I have a, a wife that supports my entrepreneurial up and downs. Um, so I am in a stage of, I call it collaboration. Mm-hmm. And I am looking to collaborate and work with people that are of the same mindset and passion. It doesn't even have to be hemp. It's, you know, what we were talking about, about let's build some intentional communities where we have deeper conversations yes. than, you know, the, the Twitters and the Facebooks are fun, but, but let's get into some good deep conversations about everything, right. you know? And, and I think hemp is another one. It's like, there's solutions around us everywhere that let's say, you know, I always say, hate saying they, Let's say the, the people that do have the larger corporations, if you want a plastics company, you don't want hemp legal. If you own or make money off of opiates, you can look at the data. They don't want cannabis legal. So the foes are big, but I think if we have a lot of small intentional communities all focused on, you know, just helping each other. Right. They, they don't stand a chance. And it is, it's, it's hard, you know, because I have that traditional brain. I know what you traditionally are trained to do in sales and capitalism and the numbers and win and, and you compete, you don't collaborate, you compete, right. you know, and there's, there's a balance that I had to find over the years myself, you know, and I think I've reached that. And, and it's, it's interesting because you, you do kind of put that out in the universe and, you know, where I'm at right now is if, if you go to hemphuntress.com, mm-hmm. um, I'm we're collaborating with a, a local woman that has hemp plants you can grow at home. Oh, she wow. Goes, yeah, five states that are legal, so you can go on the site and find out, but we'll, we'll get there. Next year should be more states because it is federally legal, but shipping and working yeah, with federal, yeah. yeah, so we just want to be safe with everybody. So five states, it's legal, but you know, and I've got some videos showing people how to just grow these plants at home. Take the stigma out. I don't care what the news says. Look at this geranium and this hemp plant and this tomato plant and learn about them. Right. Learn about them all. Right. Treat them the same. <laughs> yeah. 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 Grow some hemp in your garden. Learn about it. And then, like we were talking about even there, you got your, you know, you can make tea. Uh, there's different stuff you can do with it. And depending on how good that, that stock gets, mm-hmm. you know, on the plant, go ahead play around with decording or who knows what, you know, this, that's the idea. I've, I've, I really thought about, you know, there's the traditional big capitalist idea of, Hey, I'm a farmer with a million acres of hemp. Good for you. But <laughs> if, exactly. Right. For but you. what if a, what if a million humans simply grew a couple of plants or an acre? Right. Good for us. Exactly. And then that's what, you know, and when I like talk to and I get chills now. I, I talk to people that have that that same feeling in this industry, like we've survived, but it's it's not about what you think. It it is about a new normal. It is about new community, new type of capitalism. And and you know, and the closest I can come to it is is andrew yang that's the closest leader i have seen 
in a upper upper position that has a chance to get that across. That it's not about I want to go be the number one NBA basketball star. It's I want to go play basketball with everybody in my community and have a good time and build out from that. Beautiful. Thank you so much for describing. So you just described your position in in this field right now. Um, very interesting. But I'm sure with this uh, with this position and this new kind of niche almost that you're trying to carve for yourself, what are some of the challenges that you've been facing here? So I would say with this new niche, mm-hmm. the biggest challenge has been myself. Um, you know, I'm of a certain age. I've been trained a certain way. And it's really, uh, I need to listen. You know, I need to listen to, to, to everyone, the experienced illicit farmers, uh, to, you know, I have a brilliant, brilliant nephew who's under 30 that has taught me so much about crypto mm-hmm. and, and modern IT and algorithms that I just, man, I thank him. Um, so that's been my biggest challenge is listening and learning at this age. And, and that's just something you always have to be open to. The rest of your life, the best advice I can give to myself and everyone, always be willing to learn. Uh, and then, you know, the other big challenges are your stigmas. Yes. You know, overcoming propaganda. And in fighting big corp, it really is education versus marketing. And that's the other thing I'm really trying to be is, you know, shamelessly, I'm, I'm almost trying to be the good housekeeping of hemp. Like there's lots of great options out there and, you know, I can send you right to what I feel is the best CBD topicals. Cause I know the farmers, I know the women that formulate it. There's lots of good options. So if you don't want to use that one, at least let me tell you what questions to ask, you know, at least let me show you through, uh, this company, um, cbdrevolution.com um if you go on there and look at their products you see testing results right next to the product so if you don't want to buy their product cool but whatever you're buying please make sure they're transparent about their testing results and you know it was you know grown safely and is actually a good product so there's a big challenge there education versus marketing is huge and you're fighting like decades long stigmas too it's not like oh yeah 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 and you know the flip side of that is we you know why i want it legalized is absolutely i can tell that there's never been any deaths right that's something the mantra of of every pro 420 pro legalization person and that's 100 percent true however i want I really wanted decriminalization, but I'm an idealist. So we'll go with legalization (laughs) so that we can declassify and get research because we do need research. There is, I don't want to say harm, but there is a mixing of CBD with certain uh, drugs. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work. Uh, Blood thinners. If you are on blood thinners, please talk to your doctor before ingesting any CBD. And th- like that's the realist coming out of you. Thank you so much because yeah. one thing I can't stand, and it's great to be passionate about you know a, a thing, but you yeah. can't ignore its faults or potential pitfalls, 
right. either. So thank you for bringing that up because that's a yeah. big, big, big pet peeve of mine. No, and you want it if it's so safe already, why not do the research and make it? I mean, my goodness, we could have the safest plant medicine in the world if we allow research. Right. Because, you know, I do want to know, you know, that I do want more official studies on schizophrenia and cannabis. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of debates and a lot of arguing, but there's only about two or three supposed experts. No, I want millions of experts around the world studying it so we know. So we know who to say, no, no, please don't take this, you know, no matter how old you are, but, oh, your child has seizures. I don't care how old your kid is. If your child is suffering from seizures, go talk to your doctor right now mm -hmm. about cannabis oil right now. Right. And if your doctor won't talk to you about it, find a doc, a doctor that will not me. That's, you know, but I'm just saying there are things. And that's why I want the research is, is so that people can make safe decisions um right, educated and, decisions and educated decisions right. yeah even educated decisions on it, it really gets confusing to people that there's different cultivars or commonly known strains mm -hmm. um you know and that's again education what people call strains is a slang word from the illicit market that dispensaries have carried over but oh. in the plant world it's a cultivar i see it's, you know, just like you would have a different cultivar of, like I said, roses, geraniums. Right. Yeah. So you will hear, and I would say those are, you know, some little things you can kind of listen to. If someone is, man, nobody's died and these strains are the best and it'll get you really high. That's your full on rep person. Have a good time. Um, if someone's like, well, you know, let me ask you a few questions. There's a few different cultivars I recommend. Uh, that type of language uh, should, you know, hopefully bring about more trust for someone who's like, I'm in trouble sleeping, right? but I don't want to get high. Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's talk about some different CBD options and it may be a, a bath bomb. Mm -hmm. It may be, you know, take, I mean, right there, you're having trouble sleeping. Let's uh, throw you in a bathtub, in a bathtub right? with some CBD. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I didn't even know they made those. Oh, and then. Again, I'll do a shameless plug if you're your CBD revolution. Um, they'll, you know, they know their essential oils and it's all infused properly. Again, plant medicine. It's not just the CBD. That's a great molecule. But boy, you get those essential oils infused together. Now you've got a calming way to try. Give it a try before taking a pill that's going to have you sleepwalking. Um, you know, we've heard all the stories going down your refrigerator, eating a, a whole pizza. Well, maybe take a bath with some CBD and <laughs> try that. Just try it. Sure. Uh, I have a question. Um, for someone who, you know, is looking into this stuff, maybe listening to this episode and going, you know, she, I have some of those things she's describing and I, I, I would be open to trying CBD, but this is the COVID marketplace. Say I'm looking for a job and I'm worried that they drug test or something like that. Does CBD affect the, the drug tests? I would say you are 90% safe, but here's what I say. If you're a truck driver, you're a pilot, or your job depends, I mean, depends on a drug test, I personally wouldn't take the chance. 
Okay. And I mean, it is such a low risk, but even with, um, I'll give you an example, even with uh, topicals, and again, why we want research, there's a possibility that maybe you have an open cut. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you got it near your lips, uh, you know, and maybe that CBD is now ingested in your system. And maybe where you bought it, there's a little bit of THC. Maybe, you know what I mean? It, it, it's, it's, again, I am talking, the percentage is probably less than 10% that anything would happen utilizing CBD. But if your job depends on it, I wouldn't take the risk unless you a hundred percent. No, I mean, unless, you know, you call that company and there are some, you know, I'm, that will say, no, I'm telling you it's only CBD. Then, you know, unless you call the company and they're like, nope, here, we'll take care of you. You get fired. Beautiful. <laughs> but, <clears throat> yeah. I just, you know, I just want to be honest. I don't want anybody losing their job. Uh, that one, one person that takes a risk and it's a well-intentioned farm that didn't realize they had, you know, this much THC that no, it didn't get them high, but that cannabinoid got activated in their system for whatever reason, even at a low dose, it's just, you know, I don't think it's worth it. And that's not a thing you'll hear, but I just, I really err on the side of caution um, rather than until we get more, more research. Yeah. Well, thank you for the transparency. I mean, you said it earlier, you're all about it and clearly it shows. Hey guys, Curious Audiologist here. Really quick, I'd like to take some time to plug my friend Jerry, The Big Crumble. Now, what is The Big Crumble, you may ask? It's a brand new cookie company located in northern New Jersey. So if cookies the size of your hand and soft as a cloud are your thing, check him out at IG handle The Big Crumble. Now, I assure you the placement of this plug in the middle of a hemp slash cbd episode and after an episode featuring the owner of a cake decorating business are purely coincidental so with that being said back to the show okay so going back like when this industry first started getting like bigger and uh i guess more legalized in the state of oregon uh can you can you walk us through some of the frustrations you've had when when you first began and, and got into this industry yeah, the, you know, the initial frustrations were there was a lot of, you know, confusion around compliance, but Oregon was pretty helpful. The, the, my biggest issue was what we called joker brokers, mm-hmm. um, where, you know, I saw this opportunity to do good business with farmers and buyers and, and kick off this hemp industry, and you would run into two main things. Um, there was a great meme that was floating around that sums it up and and then I'll explain, but it sums it up. It was a hot tub full of about, oh, six, seven guys sitting in a hot tub and it said, Hey, here's your hemp broker. (laughs) Um, because what would happen is if, uh, you know, Mr. Curious is growing, uh, his hemp and he says, boy, I've got this hemp and this brand new market, where do I sell it? And so he says, Oh, I know somebody. And they go talk to their brother who knows this guy whose sister knows this other guy who's buying. And what would happen is every one of those people, five, I mean, five up to 10 people sometimes. Oh my want, God. 
3%. Well, I get 5%. Well, I made this introduction. I get 2%. Oh, in perpetuity. And, and the, the negotiations, because it wasn't, you know, those of us that have traditional business experience, <laughs> it's like, let's negotiate with the farmer and the buyer. Well, okay, you got to negotiate with this broker, this broker, and this person. And one of them might have been the friend of a brother who just said, oh, yeah, go talk to Tom. Uh, but he <laughs> wants a cut. But he wants a cut. Yeah, I get a cut. <laughs> so you would deal with that. And and so I said, okay, my, my part uh, is going to be vetting people. I'm going to vet buyers. I'm going to vet the farmers. And my favorite story, because the far- there were some funny farmers. Uh, I had somebody that had, I got 100 acres. I want you to be the sole broker. You guys are going to have you guys. Okay ask all the questions, driving them crazy. But what, what cultivar are you growing? Where'd you get the seed? Blah, 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 blah. Take my two, three hour drive down to look at a one acre plot of him and ask him, where's the hundred acres? And he lets me know, well, my friend has 10 acres over there. And then I got another friend about an hour away with 20. And it was just a year of complete madness. Um, <laughs> See, there was no regulation on C, which again, for me, I'm like, hey, great opportunity to do good business. Uh, at that time, uh, we were partnered with, you know, really good seed company um, that had a reputation, but there was just people here, this seed, this seed, and it, it was, it was crazy. Um, and that the- kind of like, uh, like lack of regulation invites a lot of, uh, I guess like underhanded tactics. Yeah. You would say. Oh, absolutely. And it, it was disappointing to me because, you know, I was like, this is on the flip side. It's a great opportunity to say, yeah, I don't need the government involved as much because we're going to do good business, but I'm an idealist, you know, and my disruptiveness, that's part of it. It's like, well, can't we disrupt the system by just being decent people and working together right. and everybody, you know, but, but greed um, you know, gets involved and there, you know, there was some good money to be made those first couple of years. If you were in the right place at the right time. And, and that was what everybody was going for. I mean, it was another form of gold rush and that greed really got to people. Um, but it also, I mean, a lot of people got ripped off. A lot of people got bad seed. Um, a lot of people were told the wrong way to store their hemp. I mean, it was, it was a rough, rough start. Yeah. That really just sounds like a, like you said, like a, like a gold rush, but it was like a hemp rush. Yeah. 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 yeah it was, it was, but again, and what I keep pointing out to people, cause it's going to happen in other States is those are the times where you can make your decision that I'm not. I know people that worked one year and are now living somewhere and retired. Good for them. You know, I mean, I, there's a way to do it. Um, not me, but there's a way to do it. And, you know, you, you can be charming and lie a lot. Um, but I see, and what I hope I'm an example of is just always stay honest, even when it's hard, even when you're the only one. Um, build that uh, reputation. And that's what I chose to do was build my reputation of I'm not going to participate in that. You know, I was, uh, you know, I would tell people, no, he says, you talk to who? Oh, no, no, they don't have 100 acres. Is that uh, that how you got your nickname, the Hemp Huntress? 
No, the, the hemp hunters came from um, a really, really fun trip. And my wife gave me the nickname. Mm-hmm. I, I went on the search on a tip uh, that there was still American hemp naturally growing that had not been eradicated since the 1930s. Oh, wow. I will not tell you what state. Sure. And I will not tell you where. Yeah. I have a little treasure map growing. It's a treasure map, I'm, yeah. I went on an adventure that honestly I look back and I'm like, oh, I should have I should have did more recording, but it was such a um I don't know, it was such a we you know, a couple of years ago was still, but yeah, I went on the, the hunt for and it exists. It does does exist and in several states actually, but I I put my eyes on confirmed. I saw over a mile of natural American hemp that has been growing and has not been able to be eradicated since the 1930s. That's how hardy it is. I mean, no, it's like, come on, people. That's a hardy plant. I mean, those roots were, yeah, those roots were about six feet in, in not the best soil. So that's how you got your nickname. You were able to locate. Yes. Would you call that rare? Is rare Uh, an understatement? I would I would say yeah. so. There's not many of us that know where there's there's genuine yeah. And so when I found it and it had been it had been quite the journey of up and down roads and you know, I mean in the middle of nowhere and up and down. And when I found it and I called my wife, I'm like, Oh my god, I found it, you guys <laughs> And she's like, You're like a hemp huntress and I was like, Oh, I gotta remember that. Yeah. <laughs> If you're going to get into the industry, you know, just be prepared that we're not there yet. There are there are challenges at every corner. And if you look at that as OMG, then don't get involved. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, but if you look at it as no, this is how I look at it. I don't think again in my lifetime, I will ever see a more disruptive economic time than him. I, I really, when, the, when hemp gets rolling, there is, I, I can't, you know, I, I try and look back through history and it's going to be as disruptive as when we started factories and because there's not an industry it won't hit. I, I mean, why, why take out, you know, old growth forest when I can grow better wood? Right. I mean, you can grow hemp. There's uh, Kentucky, I think is where they have the company that's trying to grow enough hemp so that they can do the wood planks for flooring. Uh, hempcrete, it's just hemp and lye, and you now have building material that is fireproof and 30% more efficient. Mm-hmm. Australia is building tiny villages uh, with hemp houses, and they don't need air conditioning in Australia. <laughs> it's <Right>. like, <laughs> we're just so far behind. We need people to push for the farm bills uh, to, yeah, just betterly get people growing hemp. And um, you, so you're saying it, it's worth it to get your hands dirty. If you don't want to get yeah. your hands dirty, oh, yeah. stay clear. But you're yes. saying this is definitely worth it. Yeah. Mm. And, you know, I, I, you know, I'm a Gen Xer and I, you know, I know kind of where we kind of fell in the, the job market. And at this age, it's it's kind of a nice either side hustle or something to look at as a family farm retirement. You know, I I don't know what is in the future for my social security. I don't know what's in the future for my retirement. So this is kind of a healthy, figure it out, healthy working retirement. 
um, that can be done with the family. Gotcha. Um, so I just want to get back to the, uh, you know, when you first started and like the frustrations yeah. you've had and, um, you mentioned uh, a term carpet bagging and it's, it's funny because it's, it's very akin to if anyone's visited New York city, you'll see like on like a shady side street, like people just setting up shops, selling CDs, uh, mm-hmm. you know, knockoff handbags on literal carpets. And when yeah. the cops come, you know, they just, uh, bring the whole thing with them. <laughs> and run away that's why they're called carpet baggers um you've had that experience so what i watched happen in both cannabis and hemp Mm -hmm. is when a state goes legal there'll be people from out of state they come in set up shop just long enough to not pay any taxes and quick shut down and leave that's amazing Hop over uh, from another state. They'll be from a complete, or with hemp, we even have people from Australia, London. They'll set up shop. They will not get licenses. They will not pay taxes. They will pay their employees cash. They will make their money and they will disappear. That's from another country they come in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, there's several that we had. Like I said, uh, Australia, London were the two that I personally watched people come in, set up shop did not care about the laws and would laugh. What are you going to do to me? I'm in Australia. What are you going to do to me? And it's like, you know, and so there's, that's where like we talk about intentional communities. It's like, well, I don't want to do business with you then. Sorry, bud. You know? (laughs) So yeah. And then that's an industry. I mean, you'll see it. um, And I I do, I warn people um, just be careful as your state goes legal, that there's some great opportunity. There's some great things, but, Greed pops in. I mean, greed does. And, you know, find out, you know, when you're shopping, who owns your shop? And it might, I'm not saying it's wrong if they're from out of state, but I'm just saying, know who owns the business that you're going into, whether it's cannabis, CBD, hemp, um, know it. Um, You know, because we talked, uh, whether it's hemp to CBD, you got stuff being imported from China, Mm -hmm. and then you have stuff being grown in Oregon. There's a huge difference. Mm. Huge difference. Do, did you find that there are people coming from the cannabis industry going into hemp? Yes, a lot. Um, and I will say there was good, again, it was kind of wild. There was good and bad with that. At first, it was kind of a fluctuation, um, especially in Oregon, um, because we were, well, we were inundated with cannabis and nowhere to export it. And we can only smoke so much, people. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But but seriously, the industry, you know, and that's that's what's wild to watch as a as a capitalist is wow, we have all this stuff we could be exporting and making money, but our supposed pro business government says no, 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 you can't. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's frustrating me. Very very hypocrisy and very very frustrating. It's like here's a great business and you won't you won't do it. Uh, not based on principle, but because you're getting money from big pharma and you're getting money from big plastic to keep you in office. But anyway, um, (laughs) I digress. (laughs) I digress. Uh, So with uh, the positives that we did get from that um, is I think further understanding of the combination of THC and CBD cannabinoids Mm -hmm. Um, which the country's not ready for yet. Um, it'll be a while, but honestly, 
when you look at the research and they start doing research, that combination really improved craft hemp a lot. Um, and craft hemp is your smokable hemp. Um, and I, I would personally say our Oregon cannabis farmers that jumped in to the hemp field took, you know, uh, a nice cherry wine cultivar hemp that was that's great for oils and tinctures, but they brought what they know. Mm -hmm. And there's some beautiful craft hemp that smokes lovely. Mm -hmm. Um, if you don't want THC or you want a low dose THC, right. you want those common for those that are, you know, that are learning about that there we're ahead of the country on that. I really believe that. I really believe Oregon's way ahead of the country on, uh, craft hemp, my personal opinion. Um, mm -hmm. and I am in Oregon, so, right. you know, I'll be shameless, <laughs> but I've seen the farms, I've seen the love and care, um, the soil, the sun, um, it's just, it's, it, I never, I never imagined I would be promoting smoking hemp. Right. You know, that was right. always the joke. Oh, it's hemp. You can't smoke it. Yeah. Um, oh, it's, it's craft hemp. You can smoke it. Um, so, I, but, and that adds to the confusion for the consumer, but I would say that our cannabis farmers getting involved, you know, there were some challenges there. They, they were expecting different money, I think. Yeah. Um, and for a while, I knew what was going to happen because, again, I'm a capitalist. I understand trends. I understand how markets work. And when they first jumped in, for a while, about six months, a pound of hemp, good craft hemp, would be more expensive than a pound of cannabis. Oh, wow. So that's exciting. But now I know that's not gonna last right it's like it's and like I, a stock market it's like a stock market yes. like uptick yeah yes and so but unfortunately this is where we go back to full circle back to where if you've been in an illicit market for 20 years you haven't studied market trends right you know your market trends are different not that they don't understand but their market trends are very different yes. in a 20-year illicit market um and they were just trying to follow the money because that's what their market trends have been when you're in an illicit market, you just follow the money. Who's paying for what? Follow yeah, that customer. Right, right. Where now they're in a legalized market, it means there's a spike and then it's going to bottom out. Right. And so the bottoming out really hurt a lot that weren't expecting it. And the ones that prepared for it are still going strong. Um, and then there were some that really got the right teams together and are going strong. Gotcha. But it's it's just it's I don't know it's been fun to watch I, I and I say that with with compassion for people that honestly have lost their businesses mm -hmm. you know because it's been so hard but if that's a message we could take out to other states and other areas as you become legal don't jump research and I would say you know really make sure you have a passion for what you want to do because you're not going to get rich. And if you do, let me know. But um, <laughs> but so far, I will say the only millionaires I know in hemp and cannabis came into it as millionaires. I gotcha. So it was just a uh, it was just a change in focus, not so much a uh, you know yeah. explosion of growth. Yeah, and yeah. but the real the real opportunity is the you me you know like oh I'm growing a couple plants now, and as things get legal, I can't wait till I can grow more. Right. You know, and I. 
and and other people will be able to do and i think you know that's where the real real change happens but again it's not if you become a millionaire and it awesome that's amazing um but yeah i i have yet to meet a lot of people that yeah. even make as much as they made in their traditional job yeah just temper your expectations mm-hmm. um i before um we wrap everything up i, I want to get to like this really important thing that you sent me in our email before and uh it talks about social justice issues and you know sexism and racism um in this marketplace uh, yeah. because i understand it, it you know we don't want to just paint like a glowing rosy picture of this right you know there are these underlying issues that come with yes just like in any industry Um, yes can you talk to us a little bit about that yeah um what i you know there's and it's always hard because uh modern racism isn't always blatant yeah um modern sexism isn't always blatant agree but if we look at the the history of the market so if you start with, it's been illicit. Uh, and I there, there may be people that will disagree and we can go back and forth on data, but in an illicit market, when people get caught, people of color on a much higher percentage go to jail and get a felony. Mm-hmm. Um, not that white people don't, but I'm just saying on, you know, and then the common joint, uh, it's very rare that a white person's going to jail or a person of color is 99% chance going to jail right. over that joint. So where does that play in? So now you've got legalization. We're going to open a dispensary. Do you have any felonies? You can't get a license. Oh, so opportunity cost. Is, mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, so, it, and that's just one way. And of course, how do you fight that? You know, in the general public saying, well, why would I want someone with a felony running a dispensary? or a misdemeanor, or a morals clause will be put in by states. Um, there are some states that are really bad, and they'll do lotteries. Oh, and God. they say it's a lottery, and you can trace the friends and family that you get Sure, or the golf meetings, or the... Yes, or the... Yeah. Yes, exactly. So again, it's, 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 it's underlying. And then, you know, the, the sexism was standard. Uh, to be honest, I, I didn't see anything new under the sun except for opportunity, meaning the first dispensaries did like a lot of coffee shops. They didn't go with educated baristas first. Mm-hmm. They went with what is eye candy first, male and female, but mostly female, put that eye candy out there. And it, it just, it was horrible. Um, I would say it's definitely gotten better. I, the reason I think it's gotten better, though, is because um, I'm, I'm a part of a group called Tokativity, and that's women that really um, support feminism and uh, normalization of cannabis and just really educating people on social equity and how we can get through those uh, not-so-obvious, you know, ceilings. Um, where, that, that... where can listeners find this group? Oh, tokativity.com. T-O-K-E-A-T-I-V-I-T-Y. Tokativity.com. Yeah, tokativity.com. <laughs> Anyone listening who's interested yeah. in uh, what? Worldwide. Beautiful. Yeah, we have chapters all over the world. So we, we work with women in India, 
South Africa, as well as all over the United States um, with different issues. And, and it's, it's really, you know, anyone can check it out because, you know, the, the modern feminism is, feminism is humanism. It's good for everyone, right? Equality is equality. So exactly. Yeah. If you want to learn about how to, to help us, you know, combat some of that, man, check out some of the events. There's some that are definitely open to everyone that wants to support normalizing cannabis and, and creating equity. Um, so there was that, but you know, the, it was really bizarre to watch for me. And I still don't understand. I, I work in a dispensary and we hired people of, I mean, you name it, pick a subculture, pick a, you know, whatever. It was all about experience and it was so great because everybody, you know, from every walk of life has smoked or enjoys cannabis or wants to work in a dispensary. So variety was great. And I was lucky enough to, to do that. But we would go to different events, like a bowling event where dispensaries are competing and you'd look down and it would be a sea of white. And I'm like, wait a minute. Um, I'm just going to say, when I was buying illicit cannabis, mm-hmm. I'll admit it, um, wasn't a lot of white guys that I went to. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? we, there's, there's a whole market that just got pushed out. I see. And, and it, it's really a challenge um, to, to create that equity, but it's one that I think the industry is taking up itself good and that's good to hear you know i see it in our group um there's other groups there's also i mean i i get i got invited from a group in holland that says if you see someone posting anything sexist racist um let us know we want to research and talk to that person and find out if that's someone we want to do business with wow well, at least they're taking that middle step. You know what I mean? Because yes, I think that's important too. Like you can't just cut off the conversation if maybe the person was taken out of context. Like, for example, I'm a New Orleans Saints fan. And recently, uh, Drew Brees came out with a comment, you know, and he something about Black Lives Matter. And there was just a misunderstanding there. Mm-hmm. And I was one of the angriest people. And I've been a Saints fan, Saints fan forever, you know. Um, but he came out and he apologized and, you know, he said there was a complete misunderstanding and, and, and a lot of his fellow athletes said, you know, you can't just cancel a person for one thing that they might've done. You have to go out and reach. And then if you do that and, and and then they're still stubborn about it, then that's when you can, you know, right. 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 But it's, there's gotta be, well, and again, learning, you know what I was saying? I mean, I, again, myself, it's, uh, I was in the streets in the nineties fighting for, you know, gay rights. And here it is 2020. And for the last three years, there's a whole new language. I had to be taught Oh wow! <laughs> yeah. with, with, uh, you know, it was LGBT yes. in, in my day. Now it's LGBTQI, you know, yeah, so, right. but don't cancel me because I may have used a word from the nineties. Yeah, I exactly. don't know how exactly. to educate you know, and that's in my own community. And I think that's, yeah, that's, I'm hoping, and that's what I want to get to and support is those communities that are taking that next step. We, you know, I definitely support, um, you know, getting our message out there and hitting the streets. I did it myself. 
but I also want to support taking the conversation to a deeper level so that we can heal and bridge. And those that are willing to be educated, those that are willing to say, huh, what I, you know, what I thought back in the 1990s, um, oh, that's, that's different now. You know, and, and I try and share, you know, it, it, it's simple stuff too, um, from here's something in the 19, uh, 1980s, when I was in college, uh, I was in debate club and I couldn't officially debate unless I was in a skirt or a dress. Oh, cause that, cause that, w- that's what would uh, help your was, debating right? skills, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, right. So that's the late 1980s. And it's like, so. So I like, you know, now we're in the 2020s where I'm learning, you know, it's not even cross-dressing. That's not even a term anymore, you know? So even I have to learn, so why not be open to to when it is at all possible, I wanna see a time of healing come. And I, 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 don't, I don't want it to be based on an election. I don't want it right. to be based on politicians or marketing i want it to be based on we have the technology like this right right and if if we just reached a couple hundred people oh my goodness you know it's like hey cool you know let's combat the negativity with sharing and growing together and i don't know i bet i guarantee you i guarantee you there's somebody listening that probably has an amazing innovative idea uh for industrial hemp or cbd or something and just doesn't know it yet. I mean, there's just so much potential right now. We've just gotta gotta figure out how to listen, heal, and yeah, not just. And I get there are some people I have canceled in my life. Sure. <laughs> there's some people sure. that have exposed themselves, mm-hmm. and that's fine. Yeah. Thank you. I now have time for new people. But, exactly. But let's at least yeah, let's let's try and listen. Man, and that is such a great note to kind of just wrap everything up. Uh, I want to thank Beth, a.k.a. The Hemp Huntress, such a badass nickname, uh, for joining us uh, this weekend. Um, So if you want to learn more about Beth and see what she's up to, go to hemphuntress.com. Is that right? Yep. Um, If you want to check out and get your feet wet with um, CBD or some, you know, uh, CBD related products uh, that Beth actually you know, is all for and, and can, can vouch. Uh, CBDrevolution.com or I've got a link. That's okay. I got a link on my site for everything. All right. So, beautiful. So yeah. CBDrevolution.com. Yep. Okay. And uh, lastly, Tokativity, check it out. Um, oh, yeah. You know, talking about um, equality and uh, normalizing CBD use, especially for women, correct? Uh, normalizing cannabis in general. Yeah. In general. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So thank you so much, uh, Beth, uh, for joining me. And uh, until next time, thank you for joining us. Curious, uh, curious audiologist and a fleeting frustration. Bye. So that wraps up another episode of a fleeting frustration. If you listen to this podcast and laughed, snickered, even blew a little air out of your nose or more importantly if you learned something today please 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 head over to apple Podcasts and give us a rating and comment that helps the podcast fight off all of those trolls and it does more to grow the podcast than you think and if i haven't asked enough of you already i also ask that you uh give me a little subscribe that'd be great 
So thank you for joining me today. Uh, And until next time, I'm your host, the Curious Audiologist. And thanks for listening.